And let's continue to give the Lord thanks. And we're talking about praise. Let's ascribe to him the glory that is due to his holy name. Indeed, there is none like him. Let's receive from him the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's declare the word of God. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. 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 Healing. Total healing. That's what I am receiving today. Say that. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm receiving it today by the entrance of the word. Continue declaring. Say, I'm de- receiving it today by the entrance of the word. I am receiving it today. I'm receiving total healing. Say clarity. I'm clear. I'm clear. God is leading me. As the word is coming into my heart, it is st- setting me up on my feet. The word is setting me up on my feet and making me walk in obedience. Say the word is entering me today. It is setting me on my feet and I'm re- walking in obedience to the word of God. Yes, say the word is working in you. It is healing you. It is making you able. There's no part of you that is feeble in the name of Jesus. Because the Lord is taking you out of Egypt into that promised land. Say, no part of me is feeble. Begin to declare it. Say, no part of me is feeble. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, there's no part that is feeble. Concerning children of Israel, there was no feeble one amongst them. Say, no part of me is feeble. The word is coming into me. It's giving me ideas. It's downloading into me the instructions of the Almighty. It's calibrating my system. The word is coming. It's creating an operating system in me. Yes, making me function in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work, and to increase in the knowledge of God. Say, the word is rearranging me. I'm thinking His thoughts. I am thinking His thoughts. I'm having His feeling. The compassion of God is dwelling in me. Yes, the desires of God, they are coming into me. As the word is coming into me. Say, what God loves, that's what I'm loving. That's what God loves, that's just what I'm loving. I'm beginning to hate what He hates. I'm beginning to hate what He hates. I count those things my enemies. What God hates, I hate. Because the word is entering me, pouring His spirit into me. Yes, say, declare to yourself, declare to the air. I'm not just here today because I just need to go to church or go for a Bible study. Just go, no, I am being transformed. I have come to be transformed. I have come to be changed. I have come to be transformed. I have come to be changed. Now say to the Lord, today will not be just any other day. Today I will know something entered into me. I open my heart totally. I open my heart totally. I open my heart totally. I open my heart The Holy Spirit possess me again today. Jesus walking to me in a greater measure by the entrance of the word. Now give him praise again. Say, Lord, I praise you. The Lord, we praise you. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus, we are afraid. Now, greet somebody on your left and your right as you sit down. Here you are very wise. Welcome to the feasting of wisdom. <laughs> greet somebody and say you are very wise. So you are a man of understanding, a woman of understanding, a person of insight. So insight is your portion. Yes. When you finish greeting, take your seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. Amen. Please tap somebody on your left and your right. Say the Lord is good, though. Say believe it. Uh Now say one more thing. Say there is none good but God. It's important. It's important. There is none good. Your father is not good. No matter what he has done for you. He paid your school fees, connected you, did everything. There is none good but God. Your wife is not good. That's what Jesus said. Is it me? He said there is none good but God. Sometimes I brag. I say I have the best wife in the world. But my wife is not good. Yes. She's here. She's listening to me. Maybe the best wife in the world, but you are not good. My wife thinks she has a wonderful husband, but that's her problem. Her husband is not good. The Bible says there is none good but God. Every goodness you see, it is God manifesting. You are getting the point there? Every goodness you see, it is who manifesting? God. He is the one manifesting. He is the one manifesting. There's nothing like, ah, we you know for this man. There's nothing like that. There's none good but God. That's what the Lord Jesus said. That is why you can't love any human being because the person is good and forget to love the Lord. No, that's it. You have to love the Lord alone and then be adding other people to it. You love the Lord, then you love your wife on the side. You love the Lord, you love your husband on the side. You love the Lord, you love other Because there is none good but God. You know, human beings are very funny. Many people, <laughs> that's the meaning of I That's where I say it starts from. They think that it's a man that can help. So if a man looks important, they are very nice to him. If he looks unimportant, they talk to him very roughly. They don't know there is none good but God. I've heard of a situation in which a man who owned a bookshop in the market was the one that got a young man admission into the University of Nigeria, Nsuka. Many years ago. That boy did not think about it. I think, I think it was Nusuka. He came, went to the market to buy something. So there's a man he had known for a long time. The man said, why are you looking sad? I've been trying to gain admission. To where? University now. Why didn't you tell me all this while? Why should I tell you? You have a bookshop inside the market. Is it your type that gives admission? You know what happened? When the guy finished, he said, okay, come. See me so and so and so time. The boy came, climbed my bike. They rode the bike to the vice chancellor's house. And he told the vice chancellor, This is my friend, needs admission. Help him now. What he did not know was that man and the vice chancellor were in the school, in primary school. Just because the VC, the man didn't become a professor. Doesn't mean he didn't. <laughs> Do you get my point? The ma- he had childhood friends. Is a vice chancellor now, but he had he went to primary school with people, and this lowly bookshop owner in the market was one of them. That boy would that is of course he didn't think about it. He would just 
God just wanted to help him one day. God just said, let me connect you. He did not know he knew the vice chancellor's childhood friend. You know, like I tell my wife all the time when we were talking, I said, listen, that's like God has given us his instructions. Just obey the instructions. You won't, it's, not, it's not as if, how do I know people that are important so I don't offend them? God said, don't do like that. Just do good to all. Yes. Especially those who are of the household of the faith. Just do good to all. Who do you should respect to? Everybody. Especially people who have age on their side. So if you are going on the road, you see one man wearing a kakai, his nylon bag, walking like this. He looks to you like he's something like 65 and above. When you see him, put sign your greeting. Good afternoon, sir. Help him carry his bag, if necessary. Last time I was, when I was coming from Sokoto, we were about to board. One man, his stuff fell, was beside me. You know, in the corner of my eye, I just saw his age. I rushed, picked the things for him, collected his bag, and collected until we got onto the flight. I returned it back to him. I didn't know him from anywhere. I don't want to know him. I don't care. But an elderly person is carrying load. Some of his purse now fell to the floor, his wallet. So things scattered. I helped him gather. I gave it back to him. So he had a bag. I just, I just said, let me have it, sir. I know, don't worry. I said, no, sir, it's no trouble. I put it on my shoulder, held my own bag. And when we got to the plane, thank you, sir. And of course, he would tell you, oh, God bless you. Uh-huh. That's the kind of God blesses you need in your life. I don't know him. I was not looking for anything for him. I did that for him because he was an elderly person. If he was young, I'd give him my bag. You carried it too. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. What am I going to say? There is no good but God. So we look for good from his hands alone. You don't know where he'll bring it from. Don't show anybody any unusual, you know, niceness because you think he can help you. The big man you are thinking should help you. Do you know how many people are on queue for him to help them? There are so many they will remember you. One day a man came to me, we were in church. <laughs> we were praying for people. I was supposed to pray with him. I said, what is it? He said, people are always disappointing me. Ah. I felt like saying, welcome to Nigeria. Welcome to Africa. And welcome to the world. Now so life be. Even God has prophesied it. Woe to him that trusts in flesh. That makes the arm of flesh his strength. And God didn't only say that word. He gave him a prophetic word. He will not see when good comes. So the man said, people disappoint you. <laughs> he said, yes. I said, what do you do? You're about to hear this. He said, I have politicians. <laughs> Can you believe that? I help. I said, eh, is that a job? <laughs> he said, and when they get into power, they forget me. I said, do you know why? They are good human beings. That's what they do. They forget people. They don't have enough space in their brain or in their lives to remember everybody. You know, when my mother-in-law was appointed a commissioner, I told her, straight, many of you were there. So my wife's birthday, she came. I said, Mommy, we are not coming to you for anything. We don't want anything. We don't want anything at all. Of course, she, she, she's used to us. I said, forget this. This is your daughter and me. Forget also, do your governance. We'll be praying for you that you will do well. But as for me to come and queue up and say, uh, me too, they find contract. God will put me in prison. <laughs> and it will be a special favor. You see, angels in heaven, they say, yes, Lord, they will bow down. Banking needs to cool down. <laughs> All of you arranging for me. He said, who will go 
Toramos Enugu <laughs> and kidnapped Banky and put him in EFCC jail. And one spirit will come and say, I will go. And the Lord will say, What do you want to do? Say, I will give him a contract he cannot execute. <laughs> and then I will incite, whether they confirm him or not, I will incite, what's the name of your friend, Abuja? <laughs> Magu, Abi. To come and arrest him. And the Lord will look and say, This is your plan is good. Go and prosper in that. A lot of you come one Saturday, say, Where is Pastor? Say, Let's pray for Pastor. Say, Why? So that he will be released. They kidnap him. Say, No, no, no. Magu got him. <laughs> Where is he? Now he's in detention. In the name of Jesus. All the money he ate, Pastor, begin to vomit. Begin to vomit. Begin to vomit. <laughs> okay, they will now collect an anointing he has forgotten. How to raise money to build people out of. Whatever the Lord is laying on your heart, bring it right now. Pastor is in prison. <laughs> the Lord is good. Oh, it has happened to many ministers I know before. As I've heard of you know them personally. They pray for a governor. He wins election. They now think they are powerful. He starts collecting contracts. God looks at you. All right. In this your contracting business, learn how to wash prison toilets. Just watch it. <laughs> I remember the one I heard of was Archbishop Idaosa that finally got him out of prison. Oh, yes. Oh, true story. And when you were on certain positions, know why God puts you there. If you're a preacher, just prophesy. When they say they are awarding contract, say, is it contract to preach? When they say yes, then collect that one in quote, in quote, in quote. In quote. Now in quote, I talk. Oh. And I say, okay, what are you going to do? They say, okay, Your Excellency, we shall be having prayer and intercession every Wednesday by 6 p.m. Your Excellency says, okay, say yes. Uh, sir, you will compel them to come. Of course, if... <laughs> If governor comes, who are you not to show? Once he de- declares at 6 p.m., everybody's praying for his administration. You know, if you don't go, you are praying against his administration. Uh-huh. And you go there and begin to preach. That's your own contract. That's your contract. Too. That is, it's not signed. Though. It's not as if for preaching, this is your amount. Though. No, I just mean that you have accepted to come and teach the word. If you pass like that, and listen, when you do that, go there, teach the word, and go away. Don't call the SSG. Say, yeah, I've been teaching for one week now. <laughs> I know they see my envelope. And on God, will, that is, he will close the door by himself in your face. Bam, break your nose in the process. Finish preaching the word and go. If they give you, say, okay, this is honorarium for coming. Thank them very well. Collect it and pocket it. Don't share it with anybody. Very important. So that they don't think it is sharing business. So when you are going, pass anything for us. Did you join me to preach? You smoke something. <laughs> The Lord is good. <laughs> the young preaching, they say they are watching contact, looking at them like this. Even if the governor says be visiting me regularly, visit him regularly, see, that drink you are drinking there, and the chicken they give you, that is all. Once you are finished, say, Excellency, let us pray. After that, carry your bag, go home. Don't even, if somebody say, please, they need favor from the governor, say no. Don't help them. Don't say no, I will talk to the governor for you. No. The community come and say, there's crisis. We know you know the governor. Say, hey, I don't know him in that area. Go and call a lawyer. Write petition. Don't come and disgrace me. There was a time they almost finished this man, like that Billy Graham. Go and read the story of his book. Only God delivered him from the scandal. He didn't do more than talk too much. He didn't collect money. Just too much talk. He did not know they were recording everything going on in the White House. When the tapes were leaked, ah, Brother Billy Graham was embarrassed to the core 
things he thought he was discussing, you know, with the president one-on-one, they were being taped. When the tapes came out, hi! Say, brother Billy Graham, a two Billy. <laughs> ah, it was, oh no, it was, a, it was a terrible embarrassment. But good enough, the Lord pulled him out of it. He learned his lesson. After that, if he comes to the government house, he prays and goes away. He will pray and preach. And the way the Lord did it, he met many people. He was one of the people that saw this man and he could, he could testify. There are many people. I, I can't remember the names now. This guy that rebuilds Germany after the war. The Marshall Plan. You know that guy? Yes. He met him, preached the gospel to him. One day, this man sent for him personally. had a personal audience. The British one. Churchill, Winston Churchill. Graham never told anybody until much later in life. So because the last thing we, we, uh, Churchill told him that, you know this is confidential. He said, I know. So nobody knew he met Churchill. It was a private meeting. They discussed eternal life matter. Not any other thing. After all of this, what's going to happen? Ah, if you, all of this, you will go to hell. Ah, Winston said, yeah. After I fought, yes. Yeah, so. so what do I do? Bend your head. Let us pray for you. When they finished everything, the ground sneaked out again. Say, remember, man of God, it's confidential. Though. He said he knows. No, go and read this book, that fat book. The stories are in there. Never told anybody until years after Churchill was dead. And towards, you know, it was in recent years he told the story. I have to know when God gives you a position in life, know why. And then know the boundaries. Everything has a boundary. If two people have a case because you know the judge, you now go to his house and be talking. It's beyond the boundaries. Keep quiet. Let them go and discuss it in court. If you're not a witness, shut your mouth. And you get to the man's house, just keep quiet. Greet him normally. Discuss football. He's not writing judgment on the last match that was played. Discuss that one. But the community clash, shh. Because if you don't do that, you don't realize it. You think you're doing right, you're perverting justice. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. So there is no good but God. Amen? Amen. Why did I get into all of that? I want us to know that just do what is right. There is no good but God. There is no good but God. That's a matter of fact. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now let's continue our teaching on the power of praise. Let's go back to what we have been reading. Second Chronicles chapter 20. We have been looking at the life of Joseph had a particular experience in his life and how God delivered him. We are looking at how praise, what praise is. And we are going to do some discussing um, on some issues today. Now let's go back there. We know the story that people came and reported to Jehoshaphat that people had gathered against him from three nations around. Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir. Then in verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And then he prayed. He pointed out that God is the God of their fathers, the God in the heavens, that is, the most high above all else. He reminded the Lord that he is aware that he is the ruler or the governor over the kingdoms of the nations. That's in verse 6. Power and might are not in weapons, Joseph had said, 
power and might are in your hand. Somebody say after me, say, power and might are in the hand of the Lord. Say, no one can stand against him. Jehoshaphat was practical in his praise. There was a situation, and he analyzed the situation properly. God is the God in the heavens that is above all else. He was saying, the ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might, he said, are in his hand. And not in America, not in France, not in Russia, not in um, um, Great Britain. Power and might are in the hand of the Lord. Now, in verse 7, he now pointed out the situation. This is the land you gave us. We have lived here. And we have built a temple as a house of prayer. Now, it wasn't saying we built you a temple reward us. It was saying this temple was built as a sign that we are your people. And it is our house of prayer. So, we have come to you in our distress. Josephat was saying. We know the story. I don't want to read everything again. Because I read it many times. In verse 12, he said, Oh God, will you not judge them? That is, these three nations. For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And everybody was standing. Then the prophetic word came in verse 14. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel. And he said, Listen all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Then again, I want you to understand that this is the reality of life. The battle of your life is not your own, but it's who? It belongs to God. It belongs to God your Father. Declare say in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. all the battles of my life, all the of my they are not mine, they are, not they, are they are God's. See what we are doing. Now please notice something. We are getting the perspective right. That's the thing. If you get the right perspective in life, things are easier. When I was teaching in Makode on Sunday, and what I discussed was spiritual authority. And when I was talking about that, I wasn't talking about be subject to your past. That's not what I mean. I mean the spiritual realm, there's rank. The highest above all is the Lord Jesus. Beneath him, everybody else queues up. Angels are beneath him. Demons are beneath him. Principalities are beneath him. Powers are beneath him. All evil spirits are beneath him. Everybody that has not believed, they are beneath him. What about those who have believed? They are inside him. So the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2. In chapter 1, it told us that he is seated on the right hand of God the Father. Far above principalities and powers. That is why you hear me say all the time, me and which will not get fight. We are not mates. Just by getting the perspective right, you, are not, you can't be afraid. Like they say literally, power pass what? Power. power pass power. So when you get things in their proper perspective, there's a way you react to life. Like one of the things I want to say, I'm going to tell you today. In life, there are different aspects. Get the perspective right. They say, jog, 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 and you will live long. I say it's nonsense. The only reason why I will jog is because I want to be able to jog. Why? Yes, I, I, there are times you want to run. My, daddy, my, son, my son said he was going, they had a match in their school. So they are going to play against, is it teachers or people from another school? He's, he was, he's in SS3. 
So I said, tell your classmates, the most important thing about winning a football match is not skill, it's stamina. It's stamina. Stamina is 80%. Skill is 20%. If after you run 100 meters, you're panting, <laughs> even if your name is Messi, you have lost the game. I'm digressing now. When Muhammad Ali wanted to fight George Foreman, that's what he did. George Foreman could punch, literally, Foreman, literally, Foreman could punch a hole in a wall. Read his book. Um, the, I wasn't know that his book. It's available for free now. In fact, he released it free. So PDF flying around. So there was a time he carried a cow. Foreman was that strong. He ate Malu. He carried one. By mistake, they were supposed to hold it. They, they left it to do something. The guy found himself alone with cow on his neck. Very strong guy. He could punch a hole in a wall. He used to punch everybody out. Then Muhammad Ali watched and said, how do we beat this guy? It's simple. Just outlast him for the first few rounds. That he doesn't have stamina. He has strength. He doesn't have stamina. So when the fight started, Ali just blocked his face. Punch. He soaked in so much of Foreman's punches. And next morning, he was peeing blood. Foreman beat him silly, but he didn't fall down. After a few rounds, Foreman was tired. I watched the documentary on it, that Foreman was so tired, Ali gave him a blow. It was as if he really fell in the ring. The amount of sweat that flew off his head and face. And he just lasted him for some time. And then he released his skill. He beat Foreman so bad, Foreman stopped. He didn't fall down. He stopped coming out. Next round, of course, he fell a few times, but next round, he said, I'm not fighting again. <laughs> he was too tired. That just digression. I don't know why I went into that. Today, I stumbled on a video, on a tweet. I guess somebody sent it, tagged my name, you know, the way it is. And I guess the fellow had listened to me preach. I clicked on it and went to Al Jazeera's um, page and saw an 85-year-old woman who jogs regularly. She runs, I think, like uh, 10 kilometers every day in South Africa. Every day, 10 kilometers. And she runs half marathons regularly. And she doesn't understand what's surprising everybody, that she just likes to run. I like things like that. I like to be able to play with my grandchildren. When I'm in my 80s, I'll be playing football. I don't play football. It's table tennis I know how to play. I'll defeat all the teenagers. All you grandchildren, queue up for slaughter on t- table tennis. I'll be, that's what I like. That's the only thing that exercising does for you. It doesn't make you live long. There are those who run more than that 85-year-old woman. They're all dead today. They died at 40, 35, 42 Footballers dropping dead. Their coaches following them. <laughs> Do you understand my point? And God, listen to me. God will continue to let that happen as long as we are collecting His glory and giving to soccer. We are collecting His glory, giving to running around. I see them around up Paris Square. They don't chop all the food in the house. They be running up and down. Like I say, Where were you when you were eating this food? <laughs> jog if you have to jog. It doesn't make you live long. Long life is a gift of God. Yes. He, will, he will put it upon you. Say, Do you want? 
You say yes. Take. How many years? Say, Lord, let me hold ten first. After ten, we'll talk. Say, take. At the end of, the end of ten, you find that you're 75. The Lord comes again. You want more? Mm, there's some work we are doing. Bring 15. You add it to you. At the age of 90, Lord say you want more. What are we doing around here? Let me just preach for two more years. Give me three. Collect three. At the end of 93, say, Lord, I don't tire. You want to come home? Say yes. All right. When do we leave? Uh, between now and next week, anytime you say. Just be greeting everybody. Be greet- they won't know why you are greeting everybody. Balancing your accounts. <laughs> and one day you tell them in the house, they say, let's go and sleep now. I said, I have some work to do. You put your head down on the desk. They come in the morning, your head is still on the desk. Ah, Grandpa, you are still sleeping. Ah, uh, I don't go. That is the will of God, amen? amen? Yes, that's how it is. That's what long life is. It doesn't belong to any other person. It belongs to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that the son, the son has life. God has life in himself. He has given life to the son that the son may give to whosoever he wishes. So we don't depend on running around to live long. We depend on kneeling down to live long. We kneel, we kneel down and ask him for it. Sometimes we don't even need to ask. We are so busy with other things. Asking for some more important things. He now say, you didn't ask about this, but I will give it to you. That's what he did to Solomon. So it's good to have things in perspective. Know who holds the power. That's what Jehoshaphat did here. Jehoshaphat explained, listen, the power does not belong to the Ammonites, does not belong to the people of Mount Seir, nor does it belong to the Moabites. The power belongs to you. Now let's go back there. So this prophet now opened his mouth and began to speak the word of the Lord. Verse 15. Listen all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He said, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by this particular area. Verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. He said, do not fear. Or be dismayed. Very important. Tell your neighbor, do not fear. Don't be dismayed. Say tomorrow, go out, face your business. Yeah, that's it. Today somebody entered my office while I was doing some things. By that evening, he's talking for like two minutes. I said, oh boy, don't you have work to do? Go back to your office. If you listen to that kind of person, like for ten minutes every day, in two years you will have heart failure. I'm very serious. It's not everybody you let it talk to your life. Words are very powerful. There are those that will talk to you. They melt your abilities. They melt it. Even if you are trying to be strong, words are so powerful. They are, they are scraping things away from your life. The guy entered my office after a while. I said, oh boy, don't you have work to do? I said, oh boy, go back to your office. Yeah? Leave here now. Now, 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 get up and leave. He said, chief, what he's saying? I said, shh. I don't want to hear again. Just leave and <laughs> go back to your office. The one you have told me is enough. In a few minutes, he had told me how the presidential jet is parked <laughs> in London, doing nothing. And that's the problem in this country. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going anywhere. Everybody's dead. There are foolish people ruling us. So I told, he said that they have, by now they paid 80 million pounds to park the jet. First of all, in case you don't know, it's not true. The jet is there, yes. But there are some things that 
are given on diplomatic levels. You know, like, ah, come on. And the, the first person that explained, the guy is relaxed. And you are not allowed to leave the president with houses without his car. That is his car. So what is he doing there? So what's wrong with you? He's sick. Is that news? By the time it was done, I said, oh boy, go back to your office. I think you, I saw you walking earlier. Eh? Go and continue what you were doing. In two minutes. It's not everybody you listen to. If you have a friend, every time you see that, everything, everything that's wrong in Anambra State and the next election and what cannot be corrected by Abuja and just get up and leave. What you don't realize is that he's removing your ability to succeed in life. There are people that their words, they make you fear. Somebody today, I know, imam is everywhere. Sometimes I just look and shake my head and say, God, do? I'm telling you about God, do? That you mean blessing these people? It's not knowing when they talk about the patience of God. I was just talking about children and all of that. Somebody said, no, ha, the world is more dangerous now than before. I said, in what area? Ha. Things are, I said, tell me something. In what area? I said, eh. That the children are going to school, they can't be kidnapped. I said, okay, fine. I said, how many have you heard in Enugu in the last five years? I said, eh, maybe they are covering it up. <laughs> I said, oh, they are covering it. So how come you know about it? So that my son cannot enter boss again. I said, listen, I can't live my life based on the fears of people like you. I said, take more to enter boss. And if they kidnap you, tell them your house address. And when they are done with kidnapping, they should bring you back home. You will come back home. And I'm not going to pay anybody anything. The Lord is good. People just get up and be instilling fear into your life. Tell your neighbor again, say, which verse are we in? <laughs> verse 17. Say, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Don't worry about the economy. Say tomorrow, tomorrow. Go, out go out and face your business. Face your Say tomorrow, tomorrow. Go, out go out and face your business. Face your Say tomorrow, tomorrow. Go, out go out and travel. And travel. Yes, don't be afraid of the road. He said, for the Lord is with you. Please continue praying to that fellow. Say, the Lord is with you. He is the source of your strength. He is your security. He is your defender. He is your helper. The man said, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. In verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Now, let's just go on to the other verse that we read. Okay, verse 20. Then they rose up early in the morning and went out. Then Joseph has said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets. That is, the words that they have spoken. And you will succeed or you will prosper. Many people don't put their trust in God. They don't have a prophetic word guiding them. You know what they have guiding them? Newspaper report. I've seen people make foolish decisions. There's one my wife was telling me about recently, and I shook my head. I felt like telling the fellow. But my wife, I told my wife, I said, listen, eh? He doesn't know what you know. What do you expect him to do? Somebody cannot act on your own knowledge. They act on their own knowledge. They are not going to act on my knowledge. It's what they are aware of. Just somebody get to walk away from blessing and walk into uncertainty. 
And you are doing that not because of a sure word of prophecy. Because if you had a sure word of prophecy, that is certainty. Say, you know, hmm, you know, when you get to America, you can plan the future of your children. When you get to UK, you can plan the destiny of your descendants. When you get to Canada, you can consolidate the future of your, uh, you know, your seed. Please tap somebody beside you. One person, not two people. Tell that person you are tapping. That's foolishness. foolishness. Turn to somebody else. Say, please don't follow that madness. You cannot live your life without a prophetic word guiding you. By faith, we understand. Know what that means? By faith, without faith, there is no understanding. Without faith, we are confused. Without faith, we are walking in darkness. Because it is faith that gives us understanding. If what you are doing is not based on faith, you're talk, you're doing foolishly. I was telling somebody did this. I said, Oh, my son is has finished is finished secondary school now that by God's mercy he will soon go into university. He said he's not studying medicine. I said, Oh no. He said, Why not? I said, Why should he? You are saying why not? I'm saying why why why? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I just I was wondering for the opposite of not. The opposite of not, there's nothing there, okay? <laughs> I said, why? The guy looked at me small. I knew where his mind was going. I said, listen, prosperity is a gift of God. But I've told my children if they want to prosper, they should ask God for it. They should learn to do righteousness or injustice and do their daily duties. They will prosper. After people say, okay, that is true, Sha. They're just standing on your face. Oh. Inside, they say, this old guy, I don't know what is going on with him. I feel like telling them, go and kill all, up your ch- kill all your children up to study medicine. He will employ all of them one by one and be signing their salary at the end of the month. When I make my statements, it's because of understanding. When I said that, it's, I, I'm not a fatalist. Too. Don't think I just get up in the morning, I don't care. Back home. No, I'm not a back home person. My own back homeiness is based upon, no, you should learn some new words I create, so get a dictionary. <laughs> I mean, you're laughing. If, after all, if you go to uh, uh, Chris Okote Church, you, you will learn words. I'm not giving you any concatenation right now, you know. <laughs> My own back is based upon what the Lord has said. It's based on understanding. For me, what's important is that the Lord must not look at me when I say, Banky, but I told you. But you read in the scripture that. Ah, it scares me. Like I was saying the other day jokingly. It's a joke, okay, but you get what I'm trying to say. I said, at least let us pretend like we believe God. <laughs> at least let us pretend. What I mean by pretend, that it's not for anybody, but to yourself. Say, ah, this is what the word says. Let's act on it, that word, please. Let's act on the word. Like I tweeted the other day. I said, I'd rather die believing God than succeed in doubt and unbelief. No, no. And then when I get to wherever I'm going after, when I get to heaven, I say, guys, I'm dead. Do you know why I died? Why? I was trusting the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so some guys are not there yet. They don't mind them. They are standing in doubt. And the Lord will say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. I like it like that. Without faith, you have no understanding. You know nothing. Whatever plans you have made that's not based upon the, the, the understanding of the word of God is pure foolishness. It's pure foolishness. Once you make a plan and you cannot say, it is because after we understood what God was saying, we just felt that, look, just know it's foolishness. What we have, which is a problem, this is Christianity that is thoroughly mixed with worldliness. 
We want Christianity in which we have learned principles by which we can manipulate the markets to make money. So we'll be Christian, but we must be rich. We call it Christianity, but it's not. Christianity means that we'll pray to God and we'll do righteousness. If he gives us wealth, we'll thank him for it. If he says, you, your name is Paul, we jump from one boat to the other. Capsize a few times. Preach that gospel everywhere. We'll say, Lord, thank you. We'll still receive it. Christianity is that I lay down my life by myself. That's Christianity. Many people, they love their lives, and they now use Christianity to try and guard it. But they still love their lives. If you read my book, Grace to Prosper, I explain in there. You must love, in quotes, in quote now, please, in quote. You must love poverty as much as you love prosperity. That's Christianity. That's what it is. You take a vow of poverty, a vow of prosperity. Both of them together. That's Christianity. I don't have time to explain it now. Faith must be the reason why you are doing what you are doing. One of our sisters asked me that she needed to make a massive investment in an unstable part of Nigeria. I said, what do I think? I said, it's called a digging. What's a digging? <laughs> when soldiers get to a place, they first dig themselves in if they want to defend an area. If you ever saw this film, Land of the Desert, <laughs> I like those guys, those Tun- was it Tunisia? Omar Mukta, which, film, which um, country is that one now? Algeria. Yes, thank you. Algeria against the French. The guys, in fact, those are the ones that were secondary school, when they were watching the film. One of my classmates came in. He said, Have they reached Fatih Adaya? I said, What's that? Fatih Adaya. So the, the boys were joking about it, they called it Fatih Adaya. What is Fatih Adaya? Those guys, when they wanted to defend against the, is it the French or the Italians? Italians. Yes. First thing they did, they got there, they folded one leg and tied it. And said, I better fight here and die here. That was what my classmates called Fatia Daya. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had, with the intonation of those guys spoke, they better Fatia Daya. So those guys said, <laughs> so the guy came and he was laughing. He said, I'm there is Fatia Daya. And then I said, okay, that was my Fatia Daya. <laughs> I fight here and die here. So they tied their legs before they took position so that when the tanks arrived, they could not run. I told my sister, I said, it's called a digging. Dig yourself in so that when you are praying, you have passion for what you are praying for. You have invested millions, cause of millions, millions. I said, good. Use that one as what I call a digging. What you are saying is that devil, this land is my own. I'm not yielding it. Whatever God gives me, I have to possess it. You must understand. In spiritual things, you have to possess things. Many people are not willing to possess this country. They want to possess America. Yeah, they are praying. They are praying, but they don't want to possess the country. Say, this country is unstable. Though. There was a time people were saying that sell your land in Abuja. I felt sorry for them. You know, you are selling your own inheritance. They say, you know, if they divide this country now, Abuja will fall to the north. You know, there are times I wish I had money just to make people look foolish. Where's your land? Sell it to me. I will buy all of it at a fair market price to show you that you are very silly. That if indeed you wanted to hold that land, the, first, the least you ca- could do is to hold the title deed and hold it and say to somebody, it belongs to me. Go and read the Bible. When Jephthah was going to pray, um, going to lead um, a war, he sent to the opponents, 
He said, when, 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 when Chemosh or Chemosh, I don't know how to pronounce it, your God gives you something, he said, don't you possess it? He said, whatever God has given to us, that we will possess. What do you mean? If he gives us, we will hold it. Yeah. We will not use our own hands to throw it away. I hear people talk sometimes. So I told sister, I said, my sister, dig in. Dig in. If you are selling land in Meduguri now, go and buy one. Map it out. And say it's for church. Build a church made only of concrete. Dare anybody to burn it. It won't burn, it's concrete. <laughs> and you say, this is my land. It's my own. You sold it to me. You've given me the right. I don't care what you were thinking when you sold it, but it's mine now. So when I want to pray, so this guy wants to dispossess me of my land. I gave him money for it. Huh? That's how things are done. For ordinary plate of food, the Bible calls it a mess of a mess of what? Porridge. Just a mess of porridge. A mess. Not a serious thing. <laughs> a man bought his brother's best right. You sold it. A sale is a sale. So the, before the throne of God. God had to defend Jacob on that birthright matter. Why? The owner sold it. I had people talk that and say, the way the country is going, if you have land in Abuja, go and sell it. Hey! That's foolishness. He said, what if you lose it? Let me explain something to you. That's how battles are. That's how wars are. That's how wars are. Spiritual war now. So what if you lose it? I told my sister, that I said, listen, it's a material thing. So you, at least, you, be, you, see, you must understand, you have to give account for everything. You're able to stand before the Lord and say, we fought. How did you fight? That land, the devil wanted to scatter it. I dug in, and then I began to pray. At the end, I lost a hundred million naira. But, before you, Lord, you know I did what was right. So, well done, good and faithful servant. Remember the first shot, they run. Oh, God, look at this foolish soldier. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. Praise means you get the proper perspective of things. So Jerusalem went and said, put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Make sure you are acting upon a prophetic word when you are making decisions in your life. That's what praise is. Verse 21, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now, verse 22, that's where we're going. When they had, he said, when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Manseah, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Manseah, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, which they did not fight for, you know that? Which the Lord fought for for them, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things which they took for themselves, more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Challenges in life, they are not meant to destroy you. They are meant to be tackled properly. And then through them, God will elevate you. 
Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? Were it not for this trouble, where would they have gotten goods that would take them three days to carry? They'll have had to labor for years. Then a few days of, you know, threats and all of that, and they prayed effectively. And it's that prayer we are looking at. In that prayer, what did they do? Jehoshaphat settled down and ascribed to God the glory due his name. Victory is of the Lord. That's what he was saying. That's another scripture. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. We, who do we, what do we trust in? We trust in the name of our God. Now listen. You must understand, prayer is not, you're not psyching yourself. It's literal deployment of spiritual power. What is praise? We'll be talking about it. Praise is not just when I lift my hands and begin to worship in church. That is good, but that's supposed to be what? An overflow. Praise is not when I get up and look for a song to sing and lift my hands in my house and say, let's, let's start praying now. Oh, Father God, we worship you. It's good, but that's supposed to be what? An overflow. What is real praise? It is as a habit, we ascribing to God the glory that is due to his name. Now, what I want to share briefly today is this. What Satan does every day is that he takes the glory due to God and helps us put it on something else. And we'll be falling for his trick if we follow him. What am I going to say? I'm back to it. I know you will laugh when I start again. People carry their food. What is inside? It has 17 grams of cholesterol. Does it contain groundnut? Was the groundnut fresh when it was blended? Because if it's not fresh, there's what they call aspergillus flavors that grows in it and releases aflatoxin, which is not digestible by the intestinal enzymes and is not inactivated by stomach acid, which penetrates into the liver and gives liver cancer. So, I don't eat Granos. 